Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm joined today by my teammate, co-host, and one of the K1 directors. It's Beth Ann Lampley. Say hello to the people, BA. Hello, people. It is so good to be in the podcast room with you. We actually have some other guests in here, and there is, we had to like start this podcast right off the bat because there was so much good banter right. going on, so much energy. We're like, we've got to capture. I can't this. even make eye contact with them. I'm having so much fun. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want you don't want to spin this thing out of control That's right. right before we get started. Well, today we're talking about ministering to pedestrians. It's kind of a funny title, but I. As I was thinking through one of our guests, I'm like, this is literally the perfect title for this man. What do I mean by ministering to to pedestrians? So over the years, I have watched some of my heroes interact with with people in the public. And, you know, especially Beth Ann, we get paid to do ministry, right? right? So so much of our the ministry that we do, it's on the clock. But you really get to see what somebody's made of when they're being seated in a Mexican restaurant or walking through town in Denver or going out for pizza. And you get to see the way that they engage people with passion and with care and with gospel intentions. And truly that is like, that's a true barometer for faith in somebody's life. And and that's what we're talking about today. Like, how do you do that? How do you grow in that? What does it look like? What are some of the tricks of the trade to be an active minister. Right. And I'm excited we're talking about this because, Shay, I think a lot of people think only certain people, that's their gift to talk to strangers or people that they don't know. And while some people, it may come more natural, we all get to be a part of the call to to love people and to take the gospel to those that we find in our way. Yeah, well said. We had a we were at a wedding this weekend and an old K1 guy that Beth and I just both enjoy so much. He's in the business world, he's a newlywed, and we were talking about some of the people that he encounters in his business and when he goes to the CrossFit gym, and we we're just talking about, like, how do you get into spiritual conversations? It's just real life. Like, that's where we're sure. at. If you care for people as a Christian, you cannot help but pursue them with the good news. And so that's really what we're talking about today. So BA, without any further ado, would you introduce our guests? Shay, I would love to. We are sitting in the room with truly two of my favorite people on planet Earth, Ward and Beth Weavey, legends at Canacuck, directors at K-West. They have been around this place for over 40 years years and have given their lives to evangelizing and equipping the next generation. Again, we could not have picked people better for this topic. It is in their DNA to love people, and they are Bible-believing, Bible-loving teachers of God's Word, and so we are super blessed to have them on the show today. Well, thank you. That's a great introduction. Thanks, B.A. You're welcome. Great to be here today. Yeah, I'm coming straight at Beth. We're going to start with you. I'm ready, Shay. So, is it true that you just can't get anywhere with Ward Weeby? 
That is very true. In fact, our family is known for carrying an extra set of car keys to church on Sunday. Stop it. Because when it's really cold, the boys and I have found ourselves many times waiting out by the car going, where's dad? And so instead of standing out in the cold, we actually can have an extra set of keys so we can get in and start the car and keep it warm until he gets there to, you know, and finishes his conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Preserve the family unity. <laughs> no doubt. This might fi- sound like a funny accusation, you know, to our listeners, but really and truly, you can't get anywhere with Ward because he is ministering to every single person he runs into. And while we laugh about it, it's inspirational. It really is. It's not only a gift, but it's also something that he's uh, become masterful at. That's why. He's sitting in this room as we have this conversation. Ward, let me ask you this. I think one of the biggest things that stands between most believers and sharing their faith is fear, right? I think fear is something to address, but there's also like behind that, having enough desire or purpose in your life to overcome those fears. Talk to us about that. Like, how do you, why is it that you're so driven to pursue people with the gospel? I think of when you are genuinely excited about something, you're genuinely bought into an idea or a team or a principle, it's easy for you to act on that or stand on that or be a part of that. I think how passionate I am about Kansas basketball, and I love talking about, I'll talk to anybody about Kansas basketball and and being an alumni of that school. But for me, you know, when I put my ministry goggles on, the thing that gets me excited is that that starts first in my heart is that I am so thankful and so overwhelmed with my salvation and what God has done in my own heart. And that has grown over the years. I've become more thankful for how God loves me and has rescued me and has blessed me with so many opportunities to be an ambassador and a representative of him. And because I'm so excited about that, the fear element doesn't necessarily enter in that much maybe as when I was younger in my faith. It's just natural now. So I I think maybe to just speak specifically to your question about like fear and overcoming that, I think it starts with just a genuine uh, confidence and thankfulness in what God has done in my own life. And I think First John talks about uh, how one of the true indicators of our salvation, one of the benchmarks and earmarks of a truly saved believer is that he has a love for other people. Because of my salvation and God's work in, in my heart, I, I naturally love other people. And we can talk more about how I've grown in that or that's been modeled to me, but that's really where it starts for me is the fear is overcome by thankfulness and a genuine, just I'm grateful for what God has done. And that makes me eager to share that with others. That's awesome. Beth, talk a little bit about for people that aren't in full-time ministry like us in this room, what does it look like for them to interact with people that they encounter, especially maybe if they feel like it's uncomfortable or they're out of practice or, you know, whatever their reason may be? What, how would you encourage people who aren't in ministry? That's a great question, B.A. 
And I know for Ward is exactly right, Shay, when I watch Ward, he just loves people well. He he sees people, he looks for them. And so for me, when I think of people that aren't in ministry, we think, well, that's just part of being in full-time ministry. He's out there, he's, he's looking for them. For me, I think a friend of ours told us this a long time ago, your job is your job, your life is your ministry. And so um, I use that a lot with our staff and with people, especially younger folks, when they think, well, do I need to go into full-time ministry to have an impact in the world? And my answer is no. Your life is your ministry. Anne Graham Lotz once said when she was being asked about her influence and different things, she said, just draw a circle around yourself. It starts right there. So wherever you are, you draw a circle around yourself. And the people that enter your circle daily, people at your job, in the grocery store, different places you engage them. It's taking the time to gently care, look, see, and like Ward said, it starts with love in our hearts, the love that the Lord put there, that we look for people. So wherever you are, your ministry is there. I want to share a passage that I think will facilitate our conversation, but it happens to be one that I've been meditating on for months now. You know, there's seasons where I'm reading, you know, a lot of scripture or I'm studying a book but this season has been one verse, and I just cannot get off of it. It's, it's John 5, 19, and, and Jesus says this. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. This weighs on me heavy for a lot of different reasons, but one of them being that we know that that Jesus, while being God, he took all of that power and he laid it aside and he took on hum, you know, human form and he limited himself. And in his humanity, he depended on the Holy Spirit to facilitate a relationship with God to where the, the power of God flowed through the Holy Spirit and, and through Jesus into the world in magnificent world-changing ways. And it's the same model that we're supposed to follow. And so I just, in my interactions, I just have been like asking the Father, like, show me, show me what you want to do because I, I want to be a part of this. Lord, I think one of the things that's most exciting about the Christian faith is experiencing the joy that comes with obedience. Talk to us about a you know, just a couple times where, or, or maybe a specific instance where you, you were obedient, like you sought the Father, you were obedient, and you got to experience the joy of that obedience, because I, I think that's motivating for us. There's nothing more exciting to me than to know that you are in the center of what God wants you to do. And when you can watch and see Him use you, uh, there's nothing sweeter than that uh, to me. And so when I get to be a part of those opportunities, when God prompts me to do something and then I follow through and I see his hand at work, it just is incredible. And, and yes, for examples, I just think throughout the day, it can be as simple as that the Lord puts someone on my heart and I need to reach out to them and call them. A name comes to mind and I just pick up the phone and I call them and I check in with them and and lo and behold, God has something there, sometimes for me, and then oftentimes that I'm able to encourage or exhort 
or build up. So it can be as simple as a thought of somebody on my mind. It can also be as simple as, as a thought that enters my mind when I'm going through a checkout line in Walmart and I go, this person is having a difficult day. I can see they're worn out and stopping to ask and talk to them about how's your day and what's the best thing you like about your job besides your paycheck. Shay, I remember one time uh, was stopped for gas at Emporia, Kansas, and it was on Easter weekend. It was on Friday. And as I was checking out, I had 20 seconds. I was in a line. Um, there were people and I was, you know, grabbing some peanut M&Ms or something. And as I checked out, the first question I had for the cashier was, Good Friday. What's so good about a day when somebody died? And she stopped and thought, she said, well, I never thought of it that way. It's called Good Friday, but this is the day that Jesus was crucified. What do you think about that? And so that led to a brief conversation about making her think on Good Friday that, hey, where am I with Jesus? And I could give just situation after situation of engaging people. I get excited. There's a bunch of instances that I could share today, but I would say the thing that's most important for me is that after I meet with the Lord and I get to have some time with Him in the morning and I pray and I get into Scripture, there are things that I just have that I want to share with others. And, you know, a couple of days ago, I, I had read something in scripture and I came to the office and I just said, I have to share this with somebody. So I grabbed three directors. And I'm like, this is what God has put on my heart. And I need to just share this. And then, you know, one of our executives asked me, that is so good. The next day we need to have you, sh you share this as a part of our, you know, our big team meeting. So it's really fun. Really, really fun. Word, I think in this season of my life too, I'm learning just like the sweetness of, of listening to the Holy Spirit. As you said, I've had similar instances where for no apparent reason to myself, someone's name comes to mind and you do, you just make a phone call or shoot a text or whatever you choose. And it's like, you know, the stories of like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you reached out. Here's what's happening today. Or mm -hmm. I can't believe you just prayed for me. This is just what happened. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, for us, culture is so loud. The world is so loud. Busyness is loud. And so part of our our maturity as believers is quietening our hearts and our minds to hear from the Holy Spirit, to be led in those moments. And, and really it's simple things. It's not that you've prepared sermons to go preach to these people, or you've had these huge illustrations, but you've just asked a simple question that's taken someone to a deeper level of thought that may be the very thing that God uses to turn their soul. So we overcomplicate it, but mm -hmm. really it, it is, it's loving people enough to stop whatever you're doing and to take the next step. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Beth, Earlier, Beth Ann mentioned how, you know, sometimes we feel like, well, so-and-so is gifted at that and I'm not. From Scripture, like what does Scripture charge all of us? You know, like what are kind of the, the scriptural mandates in regard to being a minister and caring for people? The first thing, Shay, that comes to mind is I just look at Paul and his example. In Thessalonians, we have Paul and Silas and Timothy there and they're ministering to the people. And one of the things that... Paul brings up and he says is, you know, having thus a fond affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you the, not only the gospel, but our own lives. And so just, you know, Paul goes on in that passage and talks about how we did it among you gently and we corrected gently and we engaged you gently. And he goes on and talks about how we worked diligently to provide for ourselves so that we weren't a burden to you. And I think he gives some great 
examples of it's not about our flattering speech. He said, we're not here to persuade. We're just here to like present truth. And, and so I think Shay just, it's again, Bethann has hit on it. You've hit on it. Ward's hit on it. Taking the time to slow down and stop and see people as Jesus would see people, to engage them gently, to love them, to care enough about them, to ask them questions. How many people today, I talk to my staff about this all the time, how different would you be on your college campus if you stopped and asked someone a question? So what's the biggest thing on your Christmas wish list this year? People don't take time to stop and ask questions, genuinely caring about the response and the answer. It's just, how are you? Fine. How are you? Great. And you move on. And so- If um, even that, right? Right. If even that. So I think it's truly just seeing people and, and seeing people that think they're even unseen. People that are in the background, Ward is so gifted at seeing the, the Walmart worker and engaging him and asking him just that simple question of how is your day? You know, just taking the time to look. So anyway, I just think of Paul's example with he and Silas and Timothy and Thessalonica or Thessaloniki or however we say it, but, and just doing that, so. Hey listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now, back to the show. Ward, I think about, so K-West is where I started as a staff for Canacuck. So Ward and Beth are not only dear friends, but they're like my camp mom and dad. I just remember so many times whether Ward had... 30 seconds, two minutes, five minutes with you. It was, how are you? What do I need to know? What can I do for you? Or some other intentional question. So again, it's it's not that hard. It's just taking the time. But Ward, what would you say are some tips for how do we get better at evangelism? Because I know even in my own life, I feel that inner tension so many times of like, should I say something? Should I not? Is this going to be awkward? I don't know. And so many times I make the decision, you know, to not maybe engage in a situation where I'm uncomfortable. But how do we, you know, we've already kind of addressed the fear, but Practically, how do we get better when I encounter different people or pedestrians, as we talk about today? I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, what can I do to help move this person closer to the foot of the cross, closer to Jesus? And so that's what I'm after. That's what I'm fishing for. But sometimes I'm just thinking this person just needs to laugh. This person just needs to know that they're appreciated. This person just needs to know that they made a good pizza. And in just, you know, people don't hear those kind of encouraging words. And when we take the time just to do simple things like that, it speaks volumes. I think that really speaks love to people in a way that, uh, you know, Christ would want us to model that. So I'm thinking of that question in my mind. Number one is, what can I do to move this person closer to a relationship with Christ? And so that's the premise I start with. And then secondly, you move towards, well, what do they need right now? They might just need to be, <laughs> they might just need a laugh, a joke, a smile, appreciation. But then I, I can start to dig of like, well, where do you land with that? What's so good about Good Friday? 
And oh yeah, I've never thought about that. Well, where do you land with that, this whole Jesus deal? And to try to open up a door, just I would mention one of the mentors that impacted me the most uh, was a man named Richard Beach, who showed me how to engage people. And everywhere we went, Richard was engaging people in a, in a sundry of ways, laughing with them, telling jokes, but he would always bring it back to the gospel, even if it was a 30-second conversation. We'd go through the Wendy's drive-thru and he'd say, hey, read these, uh, read this little pamphlet. This has changed my life. And he'd pass that off or, hey, we're getting ready to pray for our food. How can we pray for you? Or we go to a construction site and we're talking to people and we would leave the site and Richard would say, how come you didn't engage any of the workers? Well, I didn't really have anything to say. Well, no, here's how you model it. So sometimes it's just getting over that hump of, you know, it's okay to engage people. And then having that view of, um, it's not all about me. I need to turn my goggles around and start looking for people intentionally because I believe God brings people into our pathway to love. And that's part of like what Jesus did. He was about seeing the Father work and he would replicate that down here. And he'd also was given good works to walk in. So those are a couple of little tips that I, I would like think about. Yeah. I like that you said too, that we just maybe help move them. Maybe it's even just an inch closer mm -hmm. because maybe in our minds, we're like, this has to be the moment where they come to know Jesus. Or again, we make it bigger than what it is, but you just may be the next seed that is planted that somebody else is going to continue to water and God's going to continue to grow. And so, yeah, it's all these small deposits, mm -hmm. you know, and if one the body thing too, that I just want to mention that sometimes that, when we have the opportunity, when the conversation gets past jokes and fun and encouragement, where we have the opportunity to say, what do you believe and think about Jesus? I think it's important to give people an opportunity is that's something that you want. And oftentimes we're like fearful, well, they're going to say no. And I think that's okay. If people say no, it's still, we can walk away from those conversations saying, hey, I just want you to know that I care about you. And when you're ready or you want to know more, I just want you to know that I'm here and I care about you. And I think that's a good kind of bridge to how we can navigate today uh, when we're we're interfacing with people and the gospel. I'm sitting here. This literally just struck me. I, I'm thinking of three different situations Ashley and I have found ourselves in that all ended in tears. One was a gal at Menards. She was running. It's like where you take stuff when you want to you turn it back in, right? So she's working a customer service desk that gets a lot of disgruntled people. And I noticed she was stressed and the line was big and I get up there and I just thought to encourage her because she was really doing a great job. And so I just like grabbed her hand and I, and I told her specifically three ways she was doing a great job. And I just thanked her and she starts crying. And, you know, it was like one of those moments where, I, where the tears flow and I just told her how much God loved her and that he sees her. Right. So that was through an encouragement. The next one I thought of was over at Cantina. We were having dinner one night. It was a young gal serving. And we just asked her, you know, at the end of the meal, hey, how can we pray for you? Tears. Her brother was just on her heart, you know, a, a family mm -hmm. situation. And we got to pray in the name of Jesus with her. Third one, um, you know, my dental hygienist is working on me. And every time she's, my mouth's wide open, I can't speak. I'm saying, God, show me what, you know, what question is next. And, and that one was a more direct question, mm -hmm. you know, where it, it started off, 
with small talk and with each question, God would just put one on my mind that, that went deeper until it was, it was on the issue of faith. And that was more like uh, where I ended up, you know, like pursuing her evangelistically. Point being is, is all three of these folks needed different things. And the father wanted to meet every single one of them in their place of need. I mean, that just motivates me, be, like knowing the heart of the father as an earthly daddy. I want to know what my kids' needs are, and I want to meet their needs. And God the Father is infinitely more driven in that way. And when we connect with that as believers, it puts you on mission. Mm -hmm. That's so rich. We're his ambassadors. We are representing his agenda here. And you did in those situations. You're there, his servant, his ambassador, representing his concerns and interests for those people. That's good. And it, it's such a good reminder that people are longing to be known, to be heard, to share, to process all the things that are weighing them down. And too, it's encouraging to hear that they shared. They didn't just say, oh, I'm fine or thank you and, and move along, but that you saw a response when you approached them with care and love and, and questions or you encouraged them. They felt the freedom for a time to respond. And that's someone that you had no prior relationship with. So there doesn't have to be, a, you don't well, have to have a history I, you know, with I think people like to do we're, that. We you have some advantages start. actually with how, like the technology revolution and the social media and just being glued to our phones because we're not having real human interaction. Like I got to believe there's probably a reality that the desire for those needs to be met maybe greater than ever before. That just opens up, you know, our opportunity. The, the ground is fertile for care. I think of a situation once, even in college, Shay, it just hit me that people are even observing you when you don't realize they are. Even when you're not directly interacting with them and, you know, smiling and asking them a question, they're watching you do that with others. And I remember one time in my dorm room, the knock came on the door and it was another girl that lived on our hall. I didn't even really know who she was, but she had come and said, hey, I know you'll have the answer to this question. I need to know about the Bible. And I'm like, how would you know to come to talk to me about that? And later on, she said, just because I've watched you and how you deal with other people. And she goes, I knew you would have the answers I needed. So I think sometimes we can even be an example. What's that like residual, you know, like it bounces off one thing right. and goes to another. Like we may be interacting with one person and somebody right, else even can pick up on that and it can minister to them when we don't even realize it. Ward, I want to, and I'll send it to, to both Ward and Beth, but what are just, if we could just rattle off some different avenues of getting into those conversations, just almost like a green light session to put it in people's minds. Hey, here's some different avenues to get into gospel-centered conversations. I'm smiling because... <laughs> I have a whole ministry through honking. <laughs> I, I believe that my car horn, there's like 19 different kinds of honk. There are friendly honks. There's um, angry honks. There's a, hey, how are you honking? Uh, and so I have a whole ministry. That's another podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah. But I really do. And my wife, it's she can't honk. And I'm like, honk if you love Jesus. 
I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm letting them know that I care about them. I'll give you that's right. Yeah. But it's usually the pedestrians that are walking, uh-huh. and I get them to make eye contact, and then we start down the road with engaging. But that, that's one way. I don't know, Beth, what would you say? What would be one way? That's pretty far out there, but it's fun. Even just for me, I'm always focused on being positive. So finding one positive thing I can say to someone I'm interacting with. One time in a grocery store, literally just checking out, said something like, isn't it a beautiful day outside? It's great to see the sun today. We haven't seen it in a while. And her reaction to me was, you are always so joyful every time you come into this store. What makes you so joyful? Well, that was just an open door right there, you know, and I can't even remember my response. I think I was flabbergasted that she responded back that way from going to the same grocery store and just being literally focused on, I'm just going to be joyful or I'm going to be positive. And that just opened up that question right there. So I think meeting people, sometimes we're afraid to meet people we don't know. Getting out of our comfort zone and going to meet someone. Sunday morning church saw a guy that I knew was probably visiting and hadn't seen him there. There were, you know, eight or not, eight or hundred people there, but I specifically sought him out, went over and introduced myself, and just asked him a question or two. And then after church, I actually caught up with him. So sometimes seeing people that you don't know and taking the time to introduce yourself and engage them is just another way. I think also just with your eyes out to help serve when you're out in the marketplace and you can be it. It's, you know, I was at a wedding and somebody was coming in with all the sound equipment and I go, Hey, let me help you carry that and let me move that in. And, you know, we have a tendency at camp just to have those kind of eyes, like when you need to make things happen, what needs to be done here? Can I empty some trash? Can I help set up a sound system? Can I, you know, do whatever? And I think looking at opportunities, to serve, looking at opportunities to meet people, just thinking about ways to engage people. And I think specifically, there are some ministries that people go out and and they're going to take time just to go out armed with the gospel and go to places where people gather at malls or different areas. And and specifically with that idea to carry the gospel, meet people and engage them. But I think the important thing there, no matter what avenue that we take or pursue, it starts with a heart that has eyes not on ourselves but towards others. And we have a heart to engage. And the reason we want to engage is because we love the people that God has put in our path. And it being and, and I'm one of my daily prayers is like, God, today I pray that this could be a day that the hope that I have I can share with somebody. Not only just share, but I, I pray today that would be the day that I could help lead somebody to a saving faith in you. So it starts with prayers, it starts with our vision, it starts with just an attitude of serving and then getting those goggles on, which really take our eyes off of ourself and put them out with those things that God steers into our path. It just gets, it's exciting. It's like a dream world every day. And I would add, and I've seen this, you know, and and you and Joe and many others is becoming a great question asker. You know, the, a great question asker can find need. And, and as believers, we can meet needs. And so, you know, I think I just think of the, the conversation with the dental hygienist. Like each question just went a little bit more, a little bit deeper, and it's a little bit more meaningful, and it mattered more. And until you get to the point where, like, there's a soft spot, mm-hmm. and and she's actually wanting help, right? Rather than me, I think in my youth, I in my zeal, I was like 
cramming the gospel down people's throats. Like it wasn't delivered in any kind of palatable way. It was just like forced on them because I was, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be some super Christian mm-hmm. or something. And and instead of taking the time to discover who they are and discover what their needs are. Here's one quick thing. I know we're, we're coming down to land the plane here, but I was in a restaurant not too long ago and, and the server came to our table and I just asked her a simple question. I said, what's your hope? And she said, excuse me? And I said, what's your hope? And there was like 20 seconds of silence. I just let it float. I said, I tell you what, why don't you take our order? I'll give you some time to think about that. And then I'll give you an answer or you can come back and give me an answer. So I found out later she left our table, went back to the kitchen staff and cooks and said, there's some guy out there asking me what my hope is. What should I tell him? And so this conversation ensues in the kitchen with the cooks and the servers about what should I do to go back and tell this guy about what my hope is. And I think in today's culture and world, people are desperately looking for hope. And what is their hope in? And so that really opened the door, just like a can opener. And as I left the restaurant that day, I just said, hey, I just want you to know that my hope is in Jesus. And it's not a Sunday school Jesus, but he's real. He loves me. And I briefly shared the gospel there. And I said, that's where my hope is. I hope that can be your hope too. And so it's just uh, those that I love that question. What's your hope? What was, her, what was her and the kitchen staff's response? I just know I just found out that they had gone back and that meeting happened and they were talking about it. But what so was the I answer? Did she not I have an answer? Remember, I can't I, remember. I think she, she said, said was for a car. She was hoping for her car to get fixed or for a new car. Yeah, that might have been it. And I think Ward said, that's great, but I think that will eventually disappoint you. Wow. The weebies. <laughs> I love that you guys are... are- I love what you guys are are mentioning here too. And it just reminds me too, as we share it, it's in a posture of humility, right? Like it's not this, like you said, sometimes we can be overzealous and we can not make the gospel attractive, but a a phrase I tell myself and my staff a lot is just be human to another human, (laughs) you know, approach them with Mm -hmm. a posture of humility. We don't have it all together, but we do have a final exhortation. It's so simple. I think when the gospel changes our lives and we understand deeply what God has done for us and that he has loved us the way he has loved us through his son, Jesus, it's impossible to not want to share and give that to others. And like BA referred to earlier, and we've all talked about, you may not think it's your gift and you're not good with engaging people, but when you're motivated and genuinely changed by the Lord, you want that. And the woman at the well coming to talk briefly with Jesus, and when she goes back to the city, she says, come and see, come and see. And it's almost like that when you've come and seen what God has done in your life, you go and tell. And that's what that's what happened. When people see more of Jesus, when we see more of Jesus, we come and see who he is. We, it's impossible not to go and tell others. And it doesn't have to be with a full-blown gospel presentation every time. It's just loving people, listening, caring, asking questions. And then if there's an opportunity that's present to pray or share the, the clear gospel, then we're right there and available to do it. Moving people closer to the cross of Jesus, mm. one pedestrian at a time. There you go. That's right.
Well, I want to thank the Weebies. Thank you, Beth Ann, for being here. What an (laughs) amazing conversation. And we want to thank our listening audience for spending time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray with you. Father, we just come to you today and we lift up our audience and we pray, God, that they would be reacquainted with how much you love them and that a gratitude would fuel their pursuit of others. I want to pray, Father, that you would unleash ministers of the gospel uh, all across the nation and the world, um, and that we might be a part of, of that great movement. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.